Once that you've decided on a killing First you make a stone of your heart And if you find that your hands are still willing Then you can turn a murder into art There really isn't any need for bloodshed You just do it with a little So welcome to West this morning. My name is Andrea Smith. I am one of the pastors here. And if you're worshiping with us online this morning, we extend a very special welcome to you. Today is a little different. It is a no huddle Sunday. If you're new with us here at West, I'm going to explain what that's about. But really, it actually defines who we are. We are about three, three and a half years old as a legitimate United Methodist Church. And when we began five years ago as a campus of Williams chapel, we had to decide why we existed. And so we decided that we wanted to be different because there are lots and lots and lots of other, I call them steeple churches around that are reaching people and doing great things in the name of Christ. And so we decided that we were, our goal and our mission is to reach people that are done with organized religion, done with institutionalized religion, and perhaps maybe have never encountered Christ at all. So that is our driving force. The way that we do that is by being missional. And that means that as a faith community, we exist to give ourselves away. So periodically on Sunday mornings, you get a very special treat. You do not have to listen to hot air come out of my mouth for 35 minutes. And you do not have to worry about clicking your computer screen closed because it's actually a very short message this morning. It's about 10 minutes. We're going to watch a few videos. And then what we hope is that at some point in the next 15 minutes, something inside of you will move and you'll think, hmm, I'm going to use the next 20 or 25 minutes to make a difference in this community. When we started West, several on the launch team attended the Willow Creek Leadership Summit. They, Bill Hybels and the Willow Creek staff, they bring in key speakers from all over the world and they speak about what it means to be a church in the 21st century. And so it was the summer before we were getting ready to begin our year-long launch process. And some of us from the launch team were listening at this leadership summit. And we heard this guy called Har- or named Harvey Carey. He is a pastor in Michigan. He is passionate. And he talked about being a no-huddles church. That's where we got the idea. And that's where we fell in love with the, the call of Christ to be a missional church. So for the next five to six minutes, I want you to take a few minutes and watch this video. If you've seen it before, listen again. I believe that we will hear a new message. Take a look. Detroit was once thriving. It had a lot of commercial industry. Uh, It had the automotive industry. Uh, But now things have slowed down drastically. You're dealing with a poor school system. You're dealing with high unemployment. You're dealing with uh, alcoholism. You're dealing with high drug addiction. You're dealing with crime. And then you're dealing with people who have no hope. Harvey Carey has brought hope to Detroit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well... Any of you all that have uh, difficulty staying awake, this will not occur in the next few moments. 
We, uh, we have a thing that we uh, have developed that on Sunday mornings at our church, that is the time that we mobilize. Imagine this scenario. Imagine a final game, whether it be a, a, a soccer game. Uh, those of you that are uh, internationally, uh, uh, you know, watching, uh, you guys are big with soccer here. We play football with the helmets and the different stuff. And so it's not the real football like you guys we know, but it's our version. But imagine that big game, whatever that big game is, and you get tickets to that big game, all right? Now, the tickets that you paid were extremely expensive to get in. You get into the game, and when you get in the game, you sit in your seat, you're excited because you paid so much money, such a big price to see the game, and the team comes out. I mean, there's fanfare, there's noise, there's clapping, and the team comes out, and they get in the huddle, and they stay in the huddle for five minutes. They stay in the huddle for 15 minutes. They stay in the huddle for 45 minutes. They stay in the huddle for an hour. Then they break and they go home. Somebody is about to play something if I paid that much of a price. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but every Sunday all he watches are people who huddle. We huddle at 7 in the morning. We huddle at 11. We come back for midweek huddles, and we never break and play the game. God has called us to not be people that huddle, but those that break and go and play the game. So what we do is we find the crack house. We find the most dangerous drug house, and we take the men of the church with tents, campfires, Coleman lanterns, the same kumbaya guitar, as opposed to singing the song in the woods where ain't nobody need to hear it. We take it right where the danger is, and we take about a 100 men in the heart of the ghetto, in front of the crack house, with guitars, making s'mores. Ain't nobody buying no drugs when people are sitting a 100 deep in front of the drug house. And we shut down not just one, not just two, not just three, not just four. We shut down over eight of the major drug houses in our community. Don't tell me what God can't do when you decide to get out of the huddle. Uh, one of the greatest things that, I, that, I, that I've seen you all is to see the women of our church. And there was a slide that came up a little early. You may not have known it. But there were some women that were gathered in a parking lot. Because the women, and most of them that night were, were white women. White women from the suburbs who came out at 1 in the morning for prostitute outreach. But these women in the middle of the night went out, Bibles in hands, compassion, and just walked alongside the women on Woodward Avenue and told them that God loves them. God cares about them, and God has a purpose for their life. And you know what? Transformation, listen, not only happened to the women that we ministered to, but it happened to the women that we're ministering. Transformation happens spiritually, not often by what you say you're going to do, but actually by what you do. And when you reach outside of yourself and do things beyond your capacity, you see unbelievable results. If darkness is present, light is absent. If darkness is present in your community, in deep ways and you claim that you are shining the light somebody's lying Detroit Michigan has per capita more churches than any other city in America George Barnett gives the research more than any other city in America Detroit has more churches yet it is the most darkest city in the nation something is wrong with that and so my prayer is that you would realize who you are 
that the God of the universe lives inside of you, that Jesus Christ has given us the power to do unbelievable things. Don't tell me what people who are filled with God's spirit can't do. Don't tell me what people who believe God can't do. Let me close this. What would happen if right now you would actually hear this and you would choose to stop making excuses? You would choose to get out of the boat. You would choose to stop saying what you can't do because you don't have staff. You would choose to stop saying what you can't do because you don't have resources. You would choose to stop saying what you can't do because of your background or your hang-ups. But you would choose literally to step out of the boat. I submit to you that the church of Jesus Christ can change the world. I submit to you all that our cities would be changed. I submit to you all that our nations would be changed. And the body of Christ will no longer be the ineffective model that it has been. Jesus name get up off of your seats and begin to do real ministry in Jesus name stop collecting binders and begin to do some work in Jesus name stop huddling and break the huddle and play the game in Jesus name stop saying you don't have the ability and start saying I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do it and when we do the world will see that the church is alive and ready to be what it has been called to be and the world will never be the same because at the leadership summit in 2009 the revival that the world has been looking for began it won't begin in isolated places but when leaders go back home and be the leaders that God called you to be we'll see the world change is there anybody here that's ready to see God do what he said he would do is there anybody here that's ready to see God do what he said he would do is there anybody here that's ready to see the church be the church? Then give God a praise. So when we finished watching that, the whole auditorium at Grace Covenant was on their feet clapping and we were a satellite venue. You could see at Willow Creek all the people standing and clapping. Just a few days later, Lance Armstrong, who is a part of our West community, a leader here, he was our lay leader at the time. He and I left to travel to Dallas, Texas for what was called boot camp, training on how to launch a new church. While we were there, I heard this advertisement on the radio for this back to school bash. And they were having it in one of the coliseums there in Dallas, and they were talking about how kids could come and get free school supplies, and there would be vendors there, and I had an idea. Ideas in my brain get us, me, all of us in trouble, and so I started thinking, Williamson's Chapel, I had been their associate pastor for about six years, and uh, they gave away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of school supplies to area schools. Prior to going in ministry, I taught elementary school for three years and I taught at Claremont Elementary not very far from here over in Catawba County and it would break my heart at the beginning of the year when students walked in without what they needed you could definitely tell who was from a family who had resources and who was from a family who did not and you could watch the self-esteem on those child's fa children's faces when I'd say okay get out your notebooks or your paper and they would have nothing and so then they would sheepishly walk up and ask if I had something that they could use. I saw this very, very blessed and affluent church have all this stuff 
and we would take it, but it took a while to get in the actual hands of the children, and they had to actually ask for help. And so then I heard that commercial, and I came back. I called Leslie Wilson, who was the missions team chair at Williamson's Chapel at the time, and I said, I need to talk to you. I have an idea. So that idea has now been born into this thing called the Back to School Bash. And it is large. It is uh, consuming and it is overwhelming, but it is also one of the biggest blessings that I believe that we have an opportunity to be a part of as a church, not because I started it, but because over the past five years, we no longer now just have one. We have three in Iredell County, three different networks of churches and businesses. Rob Fuquay does one in Indiana, and the Union County United Methodist Churches partner with other churches down in Pineville and offer one there. Brad Rano a few years ago and I were at the end of the season soccer banquet for our daughters and we were joking about the fact that we were going to end up eating two dinners that night. There was the banquet first and then there was this thing called Chick-fil-A night that we needed to attend. And the other lady that was sitting at our table said, why do y'all have to go to that? And Brad said, well, it's a fundraiser for this thing we're a part of as a church called the Back to School Bash. And she said, oh. And she laid her hands down on the table and she said, you all know about that thing called the Back to School Bash? And we sort of chuckled and said, yeah, yeah, we've, we've heard of it. And she said, you have no idea how it helps us. And it changes everything for my family. They ended up having five children. They were uh, both new marriages. The gentleman's wife had passed away not too long before, and the wife was a part of a divorce, and so they had combined families, and they had five children. She looked at us, and she said, there's no way that we could ever provide for our kids to start back to school without this back-to-school bash. We depend on it, and we also serve at it. Years ago, a colleague of mine told me that the back to school bash was nothing more than a band-aid. It was a, it was just a short-term fix and it really didn't make a difference when that lady at the table said that she depended on it, but that she now serves at it. That changed everything for me. You see, what we are getting ready to do this morning and several other times throughout the year is not just so I don't have to do some sermon prep or Daniel does, doesn't have to work on a message for a Sunday morning. It's the teachings of Jesus. The Gospel of John devotes one-fifth of its content to what Jesus taught the disciples and the followers after his crucifixion and his resurrection. One-fifth of the Gospel of John is devoted to what happens next. And so this morning, our passage is actually what the food truck team decided the other night that we would embrace as our mission. I asked the group of people that are, were sitting around the table from Faith United Methodist and St. Paul United Methodist, who are two African-American churches surrounding our area, and then us, some West people were at the table. I said, why are we getting ready to do this? Why are we getting ready to spend $37,000 on a food truck so that we can go feed people? What is the point? And one of the ladies from St. Paul remarked by saying this, do you remember that passage where Jesus talked to Peter? Simon, son of John, do you love me 
more than these. And Peter said to Jesus, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And so Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And so Peter said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. So you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Jesus said a few more things to Peter in that discourse. And then at the very end, he said, follow me. One fifth of the teachings of the gospel of John are devoted to what happens after the resurrection. I want to ask you a question. If West were to disappear, if we were to no longer have worship on Sunday morning at 10 or have an online campus, would anybody care? Would it matter? And so if you think in your mind the answer is yes, then let me ask you how and why. Why would it matter if we did not exist anymore? And the answer to that question, I guarantee you, comes in how we are in relationship with the people that are beyond the walls of this church. How do we share the love of Christ with the people in this community and in the world? Jesus said, feed my sheep, literally and metaphorically. And Jesus said to follow me. Jesus is no longer here in physical form, but the spirit of God is alive and well. And if we want to be the presence and the hands and the feet of Christ and the body of Christ here in our community, in our world, it's up to us to do something. So that's why this is almost over. And for the next 30 minutes, we invite you to do just that. We live in a world where you don't have time to come back to church on Sunday night or Monday night or Wednesday night and devote two or three additional hours to the two that you already give on Sunday morning or your small group to doing more. We realize that you live in a busy time. And so we provide you with an opportunity to use your gifts for God. For those of you who are new with us at West, and there are a lot of you, we wanted to show you this morning, all of us, the back to school bash from last year to show you what we are getting ready to do and how we're getting ready to make an impact. Take a look. In my week. 
by being a no huddles kind of church. And in the next several weeks and months ahead, you'll hear a lot about the back to school bash. Next Saturday, if you have some spare time, we invite you to be a part of the color dash. Even I'm not about to walk or run in that thing. I don't do competition where I can't win very well. And so I know that there is no way that I would be able to be successful at all in that. So come join me and spray paint on people. We're gonna have a color dash table set up outside and uh, we invite you to go sign up to spray paint or come help with that. Or if you have friends or if you run or walk, sign up to be a part of the color dash. The bash takes about $40,000 to pull off. We need like 1,500 pair of tennis shoes and then school supplies for a thousand students and backpacks and and it's just it's a big deal but I believe that it is a time when our community truly looks like the kingdom of God because we come together to share love in the book of Acts they say that they came together and they sold everything they had and they loved one another the bash is not us serving other people it is us pooling our resources as a community to make a difference in this community and beyond i want to invite daniel wilson now he is our pastor over missions to come out he's going to tell you about the no huddles day he then is going to introduce you to two of our staff people we're doing something new we want you to meet the west staff each week so he'll introduce you to two people that we're highlighting this morning and then he'll pray and we will go be the church thanks Excellent. good morning everybody uh, this there we go 
Um, this morning, we have um, several projects set up for us to participate in. Um, first, want to say, if you are joining us online this morning, um, we have something for you as well. In just a few weeks, we will celebrate our graduates, high school and college. Um, and for those of you who are online, we thought this would be a fun way for you to help us um, as we celebrate those uh, who are graduating. Um, we invite you on our um, headingwest.org homepage page or on our Facebook page, there is a link. And if you click on that link, it will bring you to a form. And what we invite you to do is on that form, share with us 10 things that you know now that you wish you had known when you were graduating from high school or from college. And we will take all of those um, and we will creatively uh, and in a fun way share those with our graduates in a few weeks as we celebrate together. Um, this morning here at Lake Norman High School, we're going to go live on location with Brad and Lee um, to the Commons area. Are we are we live out there, gentlemen? Excellent. Okay. Um, so maybe they're going to come in live here in just a second. Um, if not, I'm really sorry. Um, as you leave the auditorium, tables are stair stepped. The first one you will come to is a table, and there will be a person there um, in a green shirt holding a sign. Whoa, hey, here we go. Um, There we go. So at this first table, there are um, some flyers that need to be sorted. Uh, These flyers um, promote the back-to-school bash. They get handed out to every student in 18 schools. So there are a lot of them there. Um, So you can sort flyers. The next table will be um, where we will make shoe tags Right there, shoe tags. Um, We share throughout the community in churches and in schools um, ficus trees with these tags hanging on them. And it's similar to an angel tree at Christmas time. Um, So we invite people to take the tags. They will have a specific size tennis shoe on it. um, And people will buy the shoes, return it to the tree. um, And that helps us um, with our need for those 1,500 pairs of shoes. Behind the shoe tree or shoe tag table, um, we are making care packages. Um, Cloverleaf Elementary School is doing a leadership day in May. Um, and they are bringing in uh, partners from the community who support Cloverleaf and letting them tour the facility, see what their needs are, et cetera. Um, and on that day, the students will have a little bit of an altered schedule. So we are making care packages for each teacher and teacher's assistant um, and um, and providing each classroom with water and snacks for each child in the classroom. So at that station, you can help um, make some yummy snacks. Looks like the wired kids have already done a great job with the teacher's snacks there. Um, At the other end of the auditorium, at the far end, we're going to zoom down there, um, candy bar cakes. Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Um, We are making candy bar cakes there. Um, and there are tins that are stacked together, and you will simply make as creatively and crafty as you know how, um, stack, tape, tie with ribbon, candy bars around those to make a decorative cake-like creation, Um, and we are going to give one of those to each school that that we support with the back-to-school bash. So they'll get their flyers and this treat um, all together. Um, And this morning, as Andrea mentioned, we do want to say hello to uh, Lee and Brad. Can we get them to do a selfie 
Lee, Brad, are you there? We're still doing cakes. Um, where are we? They're gonna be set up at that table you see there with all the lights just to the left of the screen. Hey, looks, hey, there we are. Hey, Brad, good to see you, Brad. Um, so we invite you to also hang out at the table, meet Brad and Lee and our worship arts team. So it's gonna be a fun morning and I am excited. I hope you are excited. And so let us pray together and we will go serve together. God of love, God of grace, we thank you for bringing us here to this place where we as a community can learn, grow, and serve together. As we go from this place and we fill the commons area and we participate in these projects, God, we pray that you would help us to remember the impact that we are making. Um, and as we remember, as we participate in these projects, we remember the people who will receive them. And so this morning, we pray for the students of Cloverleaf who will receive a snack. We pray for the students who will receive a flyer about back to school bash and those who will ultimately repair, receive a new pair of shoes and a backpack and the school supplies that they need. We pray for the teachers and the administrators who will receive this fun candy bar cake. May they know how much we truly appreciate what they do for our children and our community. God, as we go from this place, we pray that you would go with us, that we would embody what it means to be the body of Christ, to be your hands and feet. God, we thank you for all that we have, all that you are and all that you give to us. And this morning, we simply pause and say, thank you. And we love you with our whole hearts. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Friends, let's go be the body of Christ together.